Major support for Carolina Business Review provided by Grant Thornton. Operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Colonial Life, providing benefits to employees to help them protect their family, their finances, and their futures. High Point University, the premier life skills university, focused on preparing students for the world as it is going to be. And Sonoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. Hello, I am Chris William, and welcome to the most widely watched and the longest running dialogue on Carolina business policy and public affairs seen every week across North and South Carolina. And this week, as COVID-19 persists, and we talk about basic changes to life, to business, to communities, we are joined again on this executive profile by the Secretary of Transportation in the Palmetto State, Christy Hall from South Carolina joins us in a moment. Please stay with us. Gratefully acknowledging support by Martin Marietta, a leading provider of natural resource-based building materials, providing the foundation upon which our communities improve and grow. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Visit us at SouthCarolinaBlues.com. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, healthcare, rural churches, and children's services. Bearings, a leading global asset management firm dedicated to meeting the evolving investment and capital needs of its clients. Learn more at Bearings.com. On this edition of Carolina Business Review, an executive profile featuring Christy Hall, Secretary of the South Carolina Department of Transportation. And welcome again to Carolina Business Review. We are honored to have back and host someone who is at a it's probably an understatement to say an inflection point and not just policy in the Palmetto State, but now transportation is most is was important before COVID-19 and is different now for sure. We welcome from her office in Columbia, South Carolina, the Secretary of the Department of Transportation, the Honorable Christy Hall. Madam Secretary, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Chris, for the invitation to come back to Carolina Business Review. Thank you, ma'am. You, you look healthy. Um, Madam Secretary, let's, let's start with the obvious question. One in three workers in South Carolina now working from home, um, and I know you know this number better than I do, but 40% of the traffic on the roads, urban and rural, is less than it was just a few weeks ago. How do all of these numbers change the DNA of the planning of South Carolina's Department of Transportation, land use, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I, I guess agility is the key. Uh, for us here in South Carolina. Obviously, we're uh, traffic experts and we understand um, the impacts of school closures. We saw that immediately. That was one of the first things that closed in South Carolina and, and we saw roughly a 25% drop in our traffic levels almost immediately when schools in the state closed. Uh, and then as uh, the virus progressed in the state and more and more restrictions were put in place. We dropped to a low of about 45% last month on our travel patterns in the state. However, as we uh, continue to reopen the state and, and come out of the 
the pandemic here in, in South Carolina, traffic volumes are increasing. Um, not quite at the same rate where they dropped, so it was a pretty quick drop in the state early on and, and a little bit slower uh, climb back up to normal levels, but we are approaching uh, much uh, closer to normal levels today. Uh, I look at the traffic volumes daily and I can tell you that, that we're within 10% of uh, 10 to 15% of normal volumes across the state. What did you expect, and, and given the fact that now we're past Memorial Day or what has been the official or the unofficial but official opening of the summer season in South Carolina, in the Carolinas, and especially with the beaches, does that, do, do you see a difference in the patterns of traffic with tourism? And how does that compare and contrast to, in general, the, the, the normal traffic patterns that you see? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris, and that's actually something that, that we also look very closely at during the, the, uh, the last, actually last three months, is tracking our uh, traffic patterns by region, our coastal region in particular. So um, at the state level, myself and our uh, Parks, Recreation and Tourism Director and some others that, that look at the economics of the state, we would share data relative to uh, hotel closures. Uh, obviously, we were uh, lined up with the governor on his orders for, for other closures in the area and understanding what our manufacturers were doing as well. Um, schools, I mentioned already. Uh, obviously, with uh, the, uh, the pandemic and tourism is being as large of an industry as it is in South Carolina, we were very cognizant of what was happening at the coast. The traffic was much lower along our coastal communities at the height of uh, the, uh, the pandemic here in the state, um, much higher than say the rest of the state. However, uh, on the recovery side, it was one of the first areas to begin to bounce back. Memorial Day weekend, we saw much greater than normal levels of traffic, fairly consistently along the coast, but we also saw those heavy volumes of traffic uh, that weekend in other areas of the state as well. Um, the Midlands, the mountains mm -hmm. of, of the area of the state. So I think in general, the, the best way I can describe it is, I think people were just ready to get out of the house and, and enjoy the great outdoors and, and enjoy what the Palmetto State has to offer. Do you think that the traffic that you've seen, as you, as you described it within being 10 to 15% of what normal peaks would be during this time of year, do you think that is a one-off do you think that is some type of return to normal or are both of those questions still too uncertain to answer? Yeah, it's, it's still too early. I think the holidays certainly played a role into it as well as, as the good weather. Because uh, certainly as soon as the sun came out, we saw traffic volumes on the weekend uh, increase as you would expect mm -hmm. uh, with folks wanting to get out and about and, and enjoy the state and, and maybe uh, catch up on some activities that they had uh, that pent up demand as we often refer to, to it on the economic side was certainly evident to us on Memorial Day weekend. And um, you know, with, with the weather as rainy as it's been over the last several days, we've seen a, a little bit of a decrease in the travel pattern. So weather plays a factor into it. I think that pent up demand also plays a huge factor into it. Do you, when you look at the numbers, and I know you do, you've got a construction background, you've got a, a and, not not playing to your base, but Madam Secretary, you've got a lot of respect within DOT as as well as without DOT, and 
in policymakers, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at the statistical evidence, as you just cited it, when you try to look around the corner for this year, is there anything around what the new norm will, will mean? In other words, is there something in your head, though, is persistent about, yes, all of these things are going in a good direction, but I do worry about opening too soon or people being too casual or just trying to get out? What, what, what concerns you about all this? Well, I mean, I share the same concern that our governor does, and that is that you know people take the virus seriously still. Uh, it, it's, it's still in the state, and uh, people need to be mindful of that and, and take the proper precautions and um, you know, look out for their, their personal well-being as well as their family and the, the people that they interact with on a daily basis. So um, yes, still concerned about that. And from a, from a planning perspective, uh, transportation-wise, you know, we are expecting that, that uh, there's a possibility that traffic may not bounce back to 100% normal or even above normal uh, and stay there for an extended period of time. So from a planning perspective, we're thinking, you know, this recovery could be six months, it could be a year, it could even potentially be two years before we get back to what uh, pre-pandemic -pan pre uh, planning levels were for us. So we're, we're being conservative on that front, um, but trying not to overreact at the same time as well from a, from a uh, operational and from a planning perspective. As you act as, an, as a kind of an intermediary, not kind of, but an intermediary between public funds and the transportation structure of South Carolina, obviously one of the biggest revenue models, or is certainly a meaningful part of that comes from the gas tax. And if folks aren't driving, of course, that puts pressure on whatever revenue there may have been. How punitive has that revenue drop been? How do you forecast it's going to be for the, for the near and intermediate term? That is a great question, Chris, and I believe it's one that not just myself, but my 49 other colleagues in the nation are uh, looking at as well uh, all across the transportation sectors in the U.S. So um, really, we know that uh, gas tax demand, um, which you know translates into gas tax revenues, is tied fairly closely to the, the travel patterns. So from a uh, from a leading indicator standpoint, we look at the travel patterns and say, well, if, if travel's off, say 20% uh, one month and then 45% second month, and then we're closing in on somewhere between uh, 10 to 20% for the third month, and then you know doing some projections going forward. That's sort of our leading indicator of what we think those revenues will translate into at a later date. Of course, we don't receive the state revenues, the gas tax, the same month uh, of that the travel occurs, there's actually a, a little bit of a delay in receipt of the revenues traditionally at the state level. So um, we use those travel patterns as our leading indicator to try to anticipate what's going to happen. However, with this event there uh, in South Carolina and, and probably in some other states, there's a little bit of a more complicating factor and that's the uh, tax credit um, tax relief measures that were implemented at about the same time for businesses um, that the uh, when the pandemic first started. So in South Carolina, for example, what that translates into for the state DOT is that uh, the, the gas tax that are normally submitted, those uh, wholesalers were provided the opportunity 
to defer submitting those revenues until uh, June 1st. Mm -hmm. And so not only did we, are we looking at, you know, some currently unknown amount, but probably have a pretty good indication of, of what those lower revenues will look like based on the travel patterns. But we know that we're gonna have a, an additional timing issue as well with those reduced revenues potentially pushed back until sometime in June. So we're planning for all that. We, we knew it going into it um, a couple months ago when, when things start, first started unfolding. And so we've adapted. I mentioned agility is key um, at state DOTs. And so recognizing that, that this was uh, coming our way and we had all good leading indicators, as I mentioned on the travel patterns, we were been, we've been able to plan accordingly. Do you feel like the like the department is as large as DOT in any state? As you talked about your constituents in other states, do you have do you have the flexibility to to use your term? Do you have the agility to be able to move on a dime policy wise and also deployment or redeployment of funds and or projects? Can you do that that quickly? Well, for active for active projects or projects that we've already signed contracts for, you know, it's not, you can't really turn the valve off and on on those as quickly, but where we can make very quick and uh, aggressive and very agile changes is on our uh, internal operating budgets and, uh, you know, our planned use of those dollars because it's not really tied to a contractual commitment that's already out on the street and, uh, contractors are working paving or working on bridges or doing safety improvements. Those are our priorities to keep those going uh, at all costs. And so we continue to do that. We intend to continue to do that as well going forward in the future. And then we'll, we'll add to that construction portfolio based on revenues uh, over the next several months as we see what actually happens. Again, as I said earlier, we're doing some conservative planning um, just in case, but fortunately, uh, we we are seeing traffic volumes return much closer to normal levels relatively quicker quicker than we anticipated. You, you talk about agility and talk about change and serendipitously related to the industry is the auto industry, uh, the airline industry. And while they're in transportation, I really want to ask the question, is they go through what they go through and would, would give them the opportunity to look at the optimistic side of this change and say, we can change some things that weren't working, that were maybe old ways, old cultural ways. Can you do that within DOT? That has been one, one of your hallmarks, Madam Secretary, that you, you're different from your predecessors. But does this give you an opportunity to maybe move to the front of the line for you in a policy way to say, okay, now I, I can do X or Y, or before I might not have been able to do it with this kind of change underway? Yes, to some extent, certainly. Um, you know, we look at uh, sort of the big rock items that um, tend to get pushed to the side sometimes when, with the daily whirlwind, as we call it, uh, that, that happens at state DOTs. You know, it's you're always chasing that pothole or you're always chasing that bridge that just got struck the morning of, the morning commute. And there, there seems to always be an emergency um, at state DOT levels. And so those can consume a lot of your uh, uh, senior management and leadership staff time trying to put out those fires. And so what this, what this uh, opportunity has presented to us is, is, is that opportunity to zero in on those big rocks and say, okay, well, these are, 
this is an issue that we've talked about trying to address for a while. Let's, let's, uh, let's give it some thought. Let's take the time that we need to, to try to resolve it. And one great example of that is uh, our hurricane lane reversals that uh, we unfortunately have had several years of uh, real life experiences implementing uh, here in South Carolina where we reverse well over 100 miles of I-26 coming out of the Charleston area. That plan had been in place for I believe about 24 years since um, uh, it had first been developed and it was time for a tune-up. So we took this opportunity to do some tune-up on that plan and so we're expecting to, to shorten it by about 15 miles to make it more efficient and effective, change the configurations on, on both ends and add some additional entry points to really optimize or maximize the use of those reverse lanes. And so we, we feel like that's one example of where we try to make lemonade out of the lemons that we've been dealt with with regards to you know, the COVID situation. And, and, and an important element in that, Madam Secretary, the idea of the, of the hurricane management uh, uh, plan that you have is I-95, that is obviously a federal highway that runs bisects the state of South Carolina. Is there, is there an opportunity that I-95 may be a plan around improving I-95, and I know this has been a bane to many's ex existence, can that change now from a two-lane to a three-lane or a four-lane? We've identified I-95 as a high priority for us, and uh, we asked our highway commission to uh, allocate some funding towards I-95, and it, this was prior to COVID-19, so we had, we'd already started moving on uh, doing some uh, planning work to get that widening project initiated. Our highest priority is to look at the first eight miles coming in from the Georgia border and get that widening done and then look at the next uh, several miles afterwards uh, as a later project. And then we also want to, as I call it, close the gap on widening of I-26 between um, Charleston and Columbia, another section of rural interstate that um, uh, is in desperate need of widening as well. So we. We are moving forward on some projects to, to uh, begin to close those two uh, critical needs for us as a state. Uh, you, you talked about education in the early part of this program. Um, how does education or the plan for whatever reopening schools will look like in the fall? And that, that could also include higher ed. Um, uh, how, do, how does what they're going through, the single largest funding part of the General Assembly is education, of course. So this idea that you've got Department of Transportation and Education both coming together to figure out what it looks like in the fall, is that a meaningful part of what you're going to be doing? Well, it's, it's certainly a meaningful part of how we're going to manage traffic uh, in and around the state, especially yeah. in some of our um, areas around the universities. I, it's my understanding our K through 12 system will uh, make every effort to uh, return back to somewhat normal operations uh, this fall, uh, possibly with some summer schools starting a little bit earlier than the traditional start date. So that's yet to be determined by our, our superintendent of education, uh, the governor's office and our uh, legislature on uh, what that looks like from a funding standpoint and operational standpoint. But the the day-to-day uh, -day, uh, impacts of university traffic in and out of some of our areas uh, will will be something that we'll have to look at and uh, be aware of, and it will definitely influence the travel patterns, especially say in an area like here in Columbia, 
where the University of South Carolina, you know, is right here in downtown Columbia, um, large university. And uh, if, if they end up going with more online type classes and fewer in-person classes, then that definitely affects and influences the travel patterns in and out of our capital city on a daily basis. And that just gets repeated in the other areas of the state where we have our university. So it's a, it's a factor that, that uh, will play a role into the, the, the delay, congestion, travel demands uh, of the transportation network as a whole. One of the secondary, maybe even tertiary issues the past few years has been the idea that rural South Carolina needs to be connected. And this was supercharged, obviously, when COVID-19 hit. And that supercharging the connection and the connectivity through broadband, as the State House, as General Assemblies debate this idea of funding it, and what does it look like to immediately fund it or fully fund it? A, a couple of questions, Madam Secretary. Does this put at risk any funding for DOT if they redirect or redeploy toward broadband? Would that be a concern for you? And or when you're planning, does broadband access all of us, not all of a sudden, but does it change how you think about ring communities around urban cores and or rural roads? Yeah, very good questions, Chris. Uh, with regards to the revenues, I don't believe that we would, uh, there would ever be like a diversion or a competition uh, relative to road funding and, and broadband. Clearly the, the CARES Act funding that's being uh, viewed for broadband expansion, it, it really doesn't, um, from a DOT perspective, all we would be looking for or relative to the CARES funding is, uh, uh, I guess, confirmation of the transit dollars that are restricted just for transit and uh, that I'm not anticipating any issues or concerns there because it's clearly sent down from the federal government for transit operations in the state. And then the only other item that the state DOT will be looking for uh, out of the CARES funding or any other funding relative to COVID-19 it's just reimbursement for the, for the uh, additional expenses that the, this state agency has incurred. For example, we were sort of the one-stop shop and have been the one-stop shop for state government and many local governments for hand sanitizer. Uh, we took that mission on as part of our emergency support function through state emergency management division operations. Um, clearly, uh, we're experts in logistics and getting things uh, sourced and distributed so we, we took that mission on, and uh, so obviously we would like to be reimbursed for that. But, but otherwise, you know, we're talking minimal dollars, and uh, I don't anticipate any competition whatsoever between road funding or DOT funding and, and the broadband issue. I, I think it's clearly a priority of many in this state to, to bring broadband out to our communities. Do you, not, not to speak for PRT, Madam Secretary, but I, I know Dwayne Parrish and PRT will as you mentioned earlier, you have conversations back and forth because one, it's both different sides of the same coin in, in many ways. Does PRT, would, would the conversations that you're having with the tourism trade in South Carolina, are they, do they tend to be optimistic about the balance of 2020 and beyond? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're seeing uh, hotel occupancy rates. I believe uh, when I spoke to Director Parrish earlier in the week, uh, I think the rates were bouncing somewhere around 80 to 85% in some of our areas. So uh, we're definitely seeing a rebound on the tourism industry as well. And as I mentioned earlier, that's evidenced in our uh, travel uh, patterns and our traffic volumes that we're seeing on certain routes in the state. 
got a couple minutes left and I, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I hope you don't mind. Are you sleeping through the whole night? Do you get a full night's sleep these days? I do. I, I do. I sleep very well. Uh, thank you for asking. And uh, <laughs> How do you manage stress? How are you doing that? Well, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in our team. And uh, I've used the word agility many times uh, today. And the, the agility of our team and our ability to navigate quickly through issues and get things resolved, you know, I, while I like to plan and anticipate things, I'm also very much aware as this, uh, as the head of the DOT, that you can't plan for everything. And you really probably shouldn't plan for everything, but what you need to do is put things in place to where you can quickly react and uh, be agile to adapt to the situation and, and whatever it brings in that day or uh, that month or that year. And that's really the, the way that, that uh, I like to lead the DOT is continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection is a motto that I use with, with the team all the time. And it's meant to relay the message of, you know, uh, don't wait to get it perfect. Go ahead and, and move forward with some things and then we'll adapt and adjust and, and be agile and do what we need to do to meet the needs of the citizens of our state. Which, in about 30 seconds, uh, does the economist in you believe that a year from now, while we're not going to be ever the same, would you expect to be back on track for some type of growth, meaningful growth in South Carolina? From a planning perspective, obviously, we have to plan a little bit more conservatively. But on a personal note, yes, I believe that our state will quickly rebound and recover. Your Honor, you're kind to join us again. I know you've got many pressing uh, uh, important appointments and people expect you to do things, but you've always been one of the ones that, that lead well, and uh, we appreciate that effort. And also, thank you for joining us. Hope you stay safe and safe, stay well. Thank you very much. Major funding for Carolina Business Review provided by High Point University, Martin Marietta, Colonial Life, The Duke Endowment, Bearings, Grant Thornton, Sonoco, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, and by viewers like you. Thank you.